Richard, and if you can just talk about kind of those essential elements of a crowdfunding program, what's really what's really going to make a crowdfunding program successful? Okay, well, yeah, there's several things, and let me just go through the um, coaching that I would give any university team that approached me. So the first is the project has to be very narrow and specific. So unlike a dean's fund or a chancellor's fund or a typical campus fund. There has to be a, be a defined beginning, defined end, defined outcome. And that has to be something that can be communicated in non-academic language. So just doing fundamental research while that's the goal of the university is probably not what's going to get someone interested. It has to be something that is socially shareable and concise and in common language. And I, when I work with faculty, I always say you have to stop writing research proposals and you have to stop writing grants. And you have to have a conversation with your neighbor across the fence about your work. And that's the language you have to use in uh, talking about your crowdfunding campaign. So I always talk about, could you have this conversation on Facebook? Could you talk over the fence with a neighbor? Could you chat with someone at Starbucks in the morning and explain in 30 seconds while you're waiting for your latte what it is you're working on? Helping faculty and students to chunk their passion into very discrete little sound bites can be a major challenge, especially you know, doctoral students and junior faculty that are so focused on their research. But we have to understand that crowdfunding essentially is a monetization mechanism for affinity networks that exist in the physical world and exist on the social media. So we know that the, the single highest conversion of anything in crowdfunding is still an email list. I mean, email marketing hasn't gone away, will never go away. And those email lists of past donors or alumni are still incredibly valuable. But most of the conversations occur in social space. So you have to teach people to think about how to first create an audience before they launch the campaign. So if a student group comes to me and they're a new student organization and they want to do crowdfunding, I say you have to define an online presence for this you know, club or student organization. And that has to build its own identity for several months before you try to crowdfund it. And the fact that all of you as individual students have Twitter accounts and Facebook accounts doesn't mean that you have an online identity. I always tell people that you need at least two to three months of planning and preparation for any particular project. And that involves a content calendar, it involves a distribution calendar. And more importantly, I always say, who are your amplification channels? Who do you have in your social network or your physical network that you can call upon to help spread the word about what you're doing? Whether that's a blogger, a, a media personality, a politician, an athlete, a renowned scholar, uh, the head of the best grunge band in Boulder. I mean, it doesn't matter necessarily. It has, to, you know, obviously depends on the context of the campaign. But I, the students and the faculty oftentimes literally don't think about the success of the campaign oftentimes hinges upon your ability to get other people interested and that outreach has to occur before you launch the campaign so there's a preparation phase which is crucial and oftentimes dictates the success of the campaign but it's it's somewhat hard work because most of the faculty and students don't know how to do online research don't know how to identify bloggers don't know how to reach out to people and frankly, don't know how to tell very good stories. This is a type of storytelling. So the amplification channels is a huge part of it. And then from the administration's point of view, it's the data tracking. It's how are we going to 
actually identify the information coming in? How are we going to track success? How are we going to track engagement with the university across you know, events, emails, Twitter, the, the crowdfunding platform? So there has to be a frank discussion amongst the stakeholders on campus around how they're going to collaborate and track those outcomes. And I've had examples on some universities where they won't allow you to uh, use the university's Twitter account or Facebook account to talk about your crowdfunding because that's basically owned by the advancement office and advancement won't allow you to touch it. So you have to think about you know, whom on the university has access to social channels and get all that administrative out of the way early. Otherwise, you can have problems. So ultimately, what we're really talking about and you know, I've given you five things, you know, narrow scope, socially shareable, concise, well-prepared and planned, um, defined, prepared and engaged amplification channels, data sharing from the beginning. But the sixth really is the secret sauce, and that is the ability to collaborate using teams. And the team should be cross-departmental, cross-unit. And that could be literally an administrative function. So how is a campus community, are we organizing ourselves to support this? But it, uh, if you think practically, it could be all the kids in the in the um, pep squad or the cheer or the band or all the kids in the French club or all the kids who are part of whatever the entity is. So can your technology and your platform allow synergies between these different campus organizations and how can you create teams and how can you create collaboration both online and offline? So those are the six elements that I'd say 80 or 90% of universities get wrong. But if they do get it right, you'll see much more success.